דף ל"ד עמוד א', אמביגיוטי, ראה את הכבי. The shir today is in memory of Maris Chava Masha Bazalman, who is the mother of Mrs. Sharon Levine. Sharon and her husband Asher are, they've been Talmudian for 25 years and they learn with us every day, although we don't see them here, but they follow the Matmonim every day and it's the yorzeit of Sharon's mother and they've kindly asked to dedicate the Sheer in her memory. When people do that, and thanks for their, to, to, for their generous contribution, uh, it's, it's a big aliyah for the neshama because the hundreds of people who listen, uh, uh, they're invested. The neshama has invested in, in the hundreds of people who are learning Torah. So it's a wonderful thing for a child to do in memory of a, of a parent, and we're, we're grateful for that. That will enable us to complete building the website where we plan to have every shear in English written out in addition to the audio to have every shear written out in English and in Hebrew tagged and indexed but we need funding for that so the uh, that's uh, all goes to help that uh, that take place so on the on the question of ambiguity um, The, the, one of the big areas where we look at ambiguity is looking at the practical implications of ambiguity. And, and ambiguity is part of what this section of Nozir is all about. In fact, if one doesn't understand the, the Yesoid, the underlying principle that the Gomorrah is built on, it's very difficult to understand the relevance of Gomorrah. You're, you're, you're learning this complicated dinim of Nazirut. What for? Why are, we, why are we learning them? Just because it's on the daf. Uh, and, and what does it mean to us and what is its relevance to us? But when you understand the underlying principle of any sugi of Gemara, it doesn't matter how irrelevant the actual practicality seems to be, but the underlying principles are terribly important. So, for example, one of the principles in this Gemara, which is not even mentioned anywhere, you read right through the Dapim, you won't see the word mentioned once. But the real issue that we're looking at in areas of ambiguity where they apply is in, in, for example, in the confusion of, of gender identification and transgenderism. Uh, how we deal with that, halakha is having to start to deal with that. And how we deal with it, how we look at that, is uh, partially based on the principles that we've got in this, in this Gemara. Now, there are three types of uncertainty that we deal with. On Daflamid, we dealt with one type of uncertainty. That was the uncertainty created by a teku. When the Gemara ends with a teku, there's an uncertainty. What is the halakha? Tishbu Yeteres Kushyoto Bayoto. When Mashiach comes, he'll answer the question. And we spoke about the Vilna Gorn's comment that that doesn't mean that, that you can answer it. It means that we're missing the human capacity. Not that there isn't an answer. There is an answer, but we don't have the intellect to be able to figure the answer out. For that, we have to wait until Mashiach comes. And until Mashiach comes, there's a, there's un, there's a doubt and, and, uh, and uncertainty. Another type of doubt is where there's insufficient information. You don't, you don't have enough information to make a clear determination. So you're in doubt. And the third one is where there is inherent ambiguity, where the halakha acknowledges this is an, an ambiguous situation. It's not because of a lack, lack of information. It's inherently ambiguous. And in transgender, we have both. You can have a person walks into shul, and you're not sure if it's a man or a woman. Where do you ask he, he, they to sit? You say, what's your preferred pronoun? They say they. And, and now where, where do they sit? In the men's section or the women's section? You don't know. You're lacking information. Uh, and the other is where a person really has transgendered into a... In, 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 and and what, what is that person? 
Um, th those are two different types. Is there an inherent paradox within the person or is it just lack of information? You don't have enough information. So these principles will start to deal with uh, uh, over here. There, there are two other areas where it appears. So one is androgynous, this transgender kind of a thing, and the other is ben ashmashot. The, the nature of, of twilight. Is it day? Is it night? Um, and and a, a friend of mine, Professor Moshe Halbital, who's probably one of the most brilliant minds at the Hebrew University, is a Talmud Chochem, and the philosopher wrote a paper some years ago on doubt and ambiguity. And he talks about, in, in Ben Ashmashot, there are three possibilities of what Ben Ashmashot is, what twilight is. On the one hand, you can say we don't know whether night starts when day ends or day ends when night starts. Night starts at nightfall. And when does day end? Maybe at nightfall as well, or maybe it ends at sunset. We don't know. That's the one way of looking at Ben Ashmashot. We don't know. The other way of looking at Ben Ashmashot is there is a moment of transition. Somewhere between sunset and sun and Tzetakachavim, and it switches from day to night. We don't know when that moment is, so we have to treat the whole period of Ben Ashmashot in doubt. And the third one is the whole of Ben Ashmashot is both day and night. It has properties of day and properties of night. And the halacha treats it as a vaday sofik. As for, it, it's not sophic because we don't know. It's, it's halachic status. is sophic yom, sophic later. Which doesn't mean we don't know if it's day or night. It means it is both day and night. And that's how the sophic is, is created. And he argues that that's a machlekes tanoim. He brings various tanoim in the Mishnah and Tosefta to show that there are different views among the tanoim as to which of those Ben Ashmashot is. Uh, we're going to take the view in our sugya that Ben Ashmashot, for example, and and the other cases, which we'll come to of, of such doubt, is inherently both. That it has within a day and night. There's no doubt about Ben Ashmashot. We know Ben Ashmashot is from sunset to, to nightfall. What is its status? A combination, a hybrid of day and night. Sophic can mean hybrid, not just doubt. And, and that's the view that we'll take. The other areas where we've got that kind of hybrid is androgynous, as we've said, a, trans, a transgender person. And um, the second one is kvi. Kvi is this, this animal which we don't know whether to treat as a, as a behema or a chaya. Uh, I call it a kvi because that's what it was always called in Europe. The Taimanim pronounced it koi. And they have, a, they have a good sense of, of grammar and a good tradition in grammar. So once the Nekudot versions of the Gomorrah started coming out, first the Steinsalz and then with Art Scroll and others, they started dotting it as koi. So now everybody calls it a koi, but to me a koi is still a, a fish that swims in the water. And, and this animal is a kvi, as, as I was taught and as we were taught in Europe, d despite the punctuation in the modern Gomorrahs. Um, so a kvi, is, is it a, a behemah, the difference between a cattle and a deer? There are many halachic differences. Does it need kisui hadam? When you shecht it, you have to cover the blood. Is the fat from the animal chelev or isn't it? Can you interbreed it with other cattle or with other deer? Uh, what would the din be? So it's important to know, is this animal a deer, a deer or is he a... a or is it cattle? Is it is it a behema or chaya? And we, and we don't know. The Gemara says in in Chulin, beria bifnei atzmahi. It's its own kind of creation. And the chachamim didn't set a determination whether we should treat this as a behema or as a chaya. The chachamim left left that open. So kvi is the third. Those are the three cases of this type of sophic: Ben Ashmashot, Androgynous, and kvi.
So these Sveikot start with the, with the Mishnah already on Daf Lamed Bet, where we had Hayu Malchim Baderech Vechad Bakenegdan. A group of people are walking on the road. And in the distance, they see another person. I'm so sure that this is so and so, that if I'm right, I'm a Nazir. And Swan says, I'm so sure that this is not that person, that if I'm right, I'll be a Nazir. Um, and then one other one says, I'm a Nazir, if, if one of you are a Nazir. I'm so sure one of you is going to be a Nazir. Well, I'm a Nazir if neither of you, if, if one of you isn't a Nazir. In all those cases, Kulam Nazirim. Beit Amrim Kulam Nazirim. Beit says, they are all Nazirim. Why? Explains Tosfot. Savri Beit Shammai de Nizirut betaut havi Nazir. Beit Shammai is of the opinion that we learned already that Nazirut made in error is still Nazirut because the formula was uttered. There was no ambiguity about the formula. He said out the words right because they all intended to become Nazirim, says Tosfot. Um, and that was their intention. They were so sure that this person is so and so that they made their Nazirut dependent on that which they were sure about. It turns out to be wrong, but in their mind they were sure. So the Nazirut is a complete Nazirut, explains Tosfot. As the Gemara rewords the Mishnah, you're only a Nazir if, it, if you're, what you said turns out to be true. You're saying I'm a Nazir if this is Chaim Shmerel, and it turns out it's not Chaim Shmerel. How can you be a Nazir? Because the, what, what you said, the condition you, you laid did not come to be. So that's the Machlokes Beis Shiamayin Beis Based on that, we can look at our Mishnah Lamed Dalet. So there's a kvi, and somebody says, the Rambam says he sees it from a different distance. Others say it doesn't matter. He might have seen it as it was. And he says, if this is a chaya, if this is a deer, I'm a nazir. Hareini nazir shuzeh ain't a chaya. Another one says, I'm a nazir if this isn't a deer. Hareini nazir shuzeh behema. I'm a nazir if it's a behema. Hareini nazir she'ain't zeh behema. I'm a nazir that this is not a behema. Hareini nazir shuzeh chaya u behema. Hareini nazir she'ain't zeh lo chaya velo behema. All these different ways of of wording it, Hare Kulan Nazirin says the Mishnah, they are all Nazirin. Says Rashi on the Mishnah, that must go like Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai said, which is strange, it goes against, against the halacha, we pass like Beit Hilo. But the Rashi says that must go like Beit Shammai, because Beit Shammai said, what was his principle? The Nazirut betaut havi Nazir. The fact is, this is a kvi, it's not a behemah, it's not a chaya, it's not, all the things you said are not accurate, but it's a nevertheless, it's, it's a Nazir betaut. And, uh, and therefore it's a Nazir. But Rashi further down, and that's what's important. Remember that Rashi is not Rashi. Um, and, and you'll see here why it's important. Omar Rav Sheshit Kundamar Rini Nazir V'chon Nazir Talai V'amar Lanu HaMoreh, says Rashi, and our teacher taught us. Now we don't know who the Moreh is. Who's Rashi quoting here? Who's the Mefarish quoting? According to most opinions, the Rashi on Nazir is from the Kuntrus Magensa. Magenza is Mainz. Mainz was one of the great cities on the uh, great Jewish cities on the Rhine in the in the Middle Ages. Uh, there was uh, there was Magenza, the Mainz, and there was Speer, and there was Worms. Those were the three big centers of Jewish learning in the time of the Baalei Tosfos. And the person who set it all off was Rabbeinu Gershom, who, who was the Rav of Mainz and, and taught Torah in Mainz virtually all his life. Mainz was also where Netanet Tokif was written, the famous story with. Um, uh, with Rabbi Klonimus, and it was uh, where during the Crusades they killed themselves and they killed their children and they burnt the shul down themselves. 
so that the crusade they wouldn't give the crusaders the opportunity to do that. So, so it's played an important part in our in our history, Mainz. And Rabbi Gershon was the was the the rov of Mainz, and he was Rashi's Rebbe's Rebbe. So our whole tradition through Rashi comes from Rabbi Gershon. Our whole European tradition comes from Rabbi Gershon. The and they the Talmudim of Rabbi Gershon wrote a parish on the whole of Shas. We've only got little pieces of it, and that's called Kuntrus Magenza, the collection, the anthology of Magenza. And the view is that the Rashi on, on Nazir is the Kuntrus Magensa. In which case, when he says, who's it talking about? So this becomes very important. No, says, says Rabbi Negershim, if that's who it is. This could also be according to Beit Hillel. And he makes a differentiation, which is where our Matmon lies. The adkan lo pligi beit hilal alayu de beit shamay el ela betaut hekdesh. The previous Mishnah is talking about a doubt created from insufficient information or from misinformation that created a doubtful situation. And beit shamay and beit hilal argue there whether the fact that he added clarity, he should be a nazir, as beit shamay says. Or since his nazirut was based on something which is not clarified, he should not be a nazir, as beit hilal says. There's no doubt about this animal. It's a kvi. We know it's a kvi. What is a kvi? It's a chaya and a behema, says, says Rashi in the name of the Moira. In which case, if you said, I'm making a nozer, if this is a chaya, you're right. If you're saying, I'm making a nozri, if this is a behema, you're right. And if somebody says, how can they both be right? You're also right. Because that's what, that's what a kvi is. A kvi is, is all of that together. So we see from that, that there is that understanding. And the Rambam puts it very clearly. He says, Bipnei sha kvi, yesh bo drachim shaveh bahem lechaya, v'yesh bo drachim shaveh bo lebehema. There are ways that a kvi is a chaya, and there's a way, the ways that it's a behema. It can be cattle and it can be deer. V'yesh bo drachim shaveh lechaya ulebehema. And some of them both. V'yesh bo drachim sheena shaveh lo lebehema v'lo lechaya. And in some ways it's neither. This is again halachic reality. We've been speaking about the importance of Torah as reality. A, a kvi, it doesn't matter anatomically what a kvi is and zoologically what a kvi is. What's important is halachically what is a kvi. Halachically, the Rambam holds a kvi is actually born from a mixture of, of there was a, a mixed breeding of a chai and a behema. But it doesn't matter how it came about. Halachically, it has the properties of both. Not because we're in doubt. It's like ben ashmashot. We don't have any doubt. It's a kvi. And the din of a kvi is a hybrid. It's not a sophic, it's a hybrid. Uh, and therefore, all these statements are true. And says the Rambam, the same applies with an androgynous, with a transgender person, a truly transgender person, not somebody who acts like a man who acts like a woman, but a man who has created himself or was born with masculine and feminine uh, limbs and, and hormones and got a bit of both in them. They're, they're a mixed being. And that's based on the on the Tosefte in Bikurim and Druginus. Yesh bodrachim shavel anashim, v'yesh bodrachim shavel anashim, v'yesh bodrachim shavel anashim, v'anashim v'yesh bodrachim shavel anashim, v'lon anashim. That's the basis of the Rambam when he talks both about Andruginus and Kvi. And the same applies to Ben Ashmashot. These are all situations where you've got a mixture of both. So what? Uh, what, what emerges here, and it's important for our approach, some people are already talking about what kind of conversation do you have with a child who's uh, showing transgender tendencies and wants to 
uh, do all sorts of things to, to, them, to themselves. Uh, and these are really questions that religious from families are having. Even families of B'nai Torah are having. This is something we've really got to deal with. And here you've got the basis of a conversation. We're able to say to somebody, you can't transgender. You can't change from a man to a woman. You can't change from a woman to a man. If you go through this process, you're entering a dangerous twilight zone of androgynous. You are both man and woman, not neither man and woman. You are both man and woman. What does that mean when you come to shul? You can't sit on the men's side. You can't sit on the women's side. That's what you're doing to yourself. What about yichud? You're in the elevator and a man gets in, you get out. You're in an elevator and a woman gets in, you have to get out. Halachically, you're creating a ridiculous situation. Why would you do that? Because they think in their mind, oh, I identify as a woman, so I'll go through this process. You identify as a woman, but through the process, you're not becoming a woman. You're becoming an androgynous. It's a third, it's a third category. And if one can explain to people that it's a third category, they're not just two genders, they're three genders. And the third gender is a tragic gender because that's the halacha, that they, you've got to go with the chumras of both, the same as the kvi has to go with the chumras of, of, of uh, behema and the chumras of chayo. Ben ashmashot, midoraisa goes with the chumrot of the day and with the chumrot of the nighttime. And androgynous goes with the chumrot of a male and the chumrot of a female. And a person who engages in any form of transgender activity needs to know that's what they're putting themselves into. It's an incredibly difficult and tragic situation which we need to discourage people from even thinking about. <laughs>